Hello, this is former Fox Sports Wisconsin anchor and proud fellow Wauwatosan Jeff Grayson. From my position high in the booth, it appears conditions are good for this much-anticipated matchup. Let's go down to the studio. The action is about to start. It's season four of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. My name is Chris Beyer, as always, with my co-host, Jim Martin. Hello, everybody. Here, we're always looking for new ideas uh, for the podcast, and we generally keep it light, and we generally don't talk politics or religion or any of those things, but I was inspired to do a podcast that we're going to do tonight here, probably largely because of the coronavirus situation. I'm on Facebook. I really don't contribute too much. I just look at what other people post, but now that we're getting into this whole coronavirus debate, I was baited, as it were, to get involved in some of those debates because I thought I had something to add. I thought it was interesting and thought it was important. And so for the first time, I really got involved in Facebook debating. And I came up with the idea of having two guys on. You may know them by name, but if you don't know them, you know who they are in the sense that they are guys that frequently post on Facebook. One from more of a uh, left perspective and one for more of a right perspective. And I thought we would talk about why they do it and how they do it and how, what it's meant to them in terms of uh, their friends, their family, and, and things like that. So I want to introduce them. Uh, they are both, again, fellow Wauwatosans here. We got Dan Lunig. Good evening, Dan. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing tonight? Good. Yeah, Dan is uh, a fellow high school classmate of mine. And then our other guy uh, from the right is David Balsturi, another honorary uh, Wautosa grad. Uh, good uh, evening, David. Yep, good to see you guys. Thanks for inviting me. Hi, guys. Yeah, yeah. and so like I said, your, your guys posting online uh, was something that got me involved, well, really for the first time. Let's just start with Dan here. Dan, before Facebook was out there, how were you interacting with people about matters that were of concern to you? Well, I appreciate the question, uh, Chris. From my perspective, I've always been uh, pretty outspoken uh, all the way back to high school, uh, involvement in the newspaper and just um, and in college and University of Wisconsin. And I'm always willing to have a good, honest, open discussion about political beliefs. I, I think it's key to understanding other people. Uh, and that's kind of always been my ethos. It, I think it comes from my family. Uh, there was never anything that was off limits at the Lunig uh, dinner table. Um, and sometimes it got a little bit contested. And uh, I mean, there was occasions when my brothers might drop an F-bomb and my mom would say, boys, you can't do that. And we'd laugh about it. But there was definitely probably from very early age, just a willingness to have a discussion, um, try to be respectful, and then also try to just use persuasion to bring somebody around to a point of view you might have. So that's kind of the basis for it. I hope that makes a little bit of sense, but that's where it comes from, from my perspective. What, what about you, Dave? How did you handle this kind of I've stuff? I've never been a real political guy. I never, uh, as a kid growing up, I remember my first election, I remember was the Ford Carter uh, election, you know, following that, keeping track of the electoral college, just kind of I don't remember the divide in our country where it was, you know, such a big thing if you were Democrat, Republican. You know, the first election I voted in, I was a freshman or not, I'd have been a sophomore at Madison. That was the Mondale Ferraro 
election. I was never really politically angled and voiced a lot of opinion. And I guess now I'm 55 now. It's like, holy cow, I think that's why sort of, you know, seeing what's going on in our country, just not real happy, obviously, with a lot of the things I see and the way the president was treated from the time he was voted in. And that was all kind of new to me, like, whoa, you know, I didn't vote for Obama, but, you know, I bit my lip for eight years and I respected what he did. And I thought he did a fairly decent job. But to see, you know, what's happened recently, I think it's a concern. And that's why I started to voice my opinion. All right, cool. So, Dave, it's kind of a, a recent thing for you. Is that recent on Facebook, too, or, or Dan kind of same yeah, question? Yeah, I think I got like, it on Facebook in, like, 2012 or something like that. And okay. I don't really remember posting a lot of political things, uh, maybe here and there. But I never really liked Trump, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think he's – and I think that's his problem. You know, he can't get out of his way. He, uh, I thought he did a horrible job in the first debate. Um, he just doesn't show that personality, that sense of humor, that – you know, things that people want to see to make this guy look like he's a decent guy. And, and uh, he doesn't show it or maybe he doesn't have it. Maybe, that's maybe he doesn't have it. Maybe you know, I didn't see him that. laugh once during that entire yeah. debate. And it's like, you know, you got to kind of show that side of you a little bit, I think. Yeah. So, Dan, what about you? Have you been on Facebook for a while or is this kind of a started with the Trump? Uh, no, I've been on Facebook for a long time. And my recollection of the Obama years, essentially the election of the first black president, there was a lot of latent anger about him being elected by a lot of individuals uh, in social media, outside of social media. I always have posted. um, I just read the newspaper iteratively. I probably read five or six different publications, you know, MSM, I guess, mainstream media. So between the New York Times and uh, Washington Post, my brothers are pretty conservative, so they'll post the Breitbart um, I'll get Daily Caller. Um, I, I generally get on all those and I try to read them. Um, I also use like mediabias.org. And then I also use PolitiFact and others to fact check. And I did that during the Obama administration and did it during the Trump administration. Um, and I agree with you, Dave. Uh, it feels like we're more divided as a people. I would always argue and do always argue, especially among people who I disagree with, that I think when you just talk to people as people and you have a discussion about what's important to you as a person, I think there's a lot more common ground there. Um, I do feel the divisiveness of the president, Trump specifically, fomented more divisiveness. Part of it is his combative style, and I get it. He's been you know, a fighter his whole life. I guess I always thought, well, when he's president, he might pivot to a little more convivial or at least civil aspect of of his background, but I don't know that that exists. As you said, Tim, you know, it might just not be there. His inclination to punch and counterpunch seems to be just completely innate. There's almost never the turning the other cheek mentality that, you know, sometimes something's not worth fighting over and sometimes something is. So that's where I come from anyways. Now, talking about posting on Facebook, again, you guys are frequent posters, maybe Dan a little bit more than Dave. And I'm not saying this in a bad sense, because you're passionate about your politics. How much time do you spend on Facebook coming up with things that you're going to post and then interacting? I'm going to take this one first, Dave, and then I'll let you. uh, So as I mentioned, I read the newspaper a lot. And if any article interests me in the least, I hit post and I type in usually a pretty innocuous comment. Sometimes it's a little bit pointed. And then I would let it go from like for Sunday morning, just read like 20 or 30 articles and I'll just pop them out there. I'm pretty sure I'm asleep on about 75% of my friends uh, 
Facebook feed because they're just sick of it. But the people who engage, um, I sometimes don't see it for days. Like I'll check in on Wednesday and there'll be 69 comments um, or 75 or whatever. But then I generally try to engage. I don't like to deal with conspiracy theories. So I try to point out what I believe are factual sources. And sometimes I get pushback um, that it's mainstream media and they're all just out to get people. Um, try to be factual and try to be very respectful. I, I hope it comes across, Dave, and maybe it doesn't sometimes, but I just try to be really respectful of the person. Um, I think everyone's going through a different thing. And sometimes the anger we have is not the anger that's based on whatever they see in the post. So I just try to be respectful. Sure. I, I like your posts. They're well thought out and written and, you know, you have to respect both sides and that's great. How often do you post, Dave? Um, it depends. I'll go in streaks, actually. I might see something I find noteworthy that I'll copy and paste or make a comment. And Dan is right. I mean, wow, you get a lot of anything political. You sure get a lot of response. And I uh, seem to get about the same six to 10 liberals that chime in on my posts. Uh, it's kind of funny, but you know, it's good banter. There was a couple of guys that I thought crossed the line. One guy was starting to uh, post on my timeline opinions that weren't mine. And I'm not exactly yeah. sure I that exactly, but I thought that was kind of inappropriate. So I unfriended that person. I thought, you know, that's getting a little, you know, now you're messing with my page and, you know, it's not yeah. just conversation at this point. It's harassment. And I think after looking back at it, I didn't really know this guy that well. He went to East and I think he just engaged me to kind of troll me. And it was all just negative Trump commentary. Just it's like this guy cannot do anything right. And it's like, you know, enough. I mean, and you know, the coronavirus, and we'll go into that later, I'm sure, but to blame one guy for that is, it's almost comical. Yeah. How, how yeah. emotional do you guys get when you get a lot of posts that attack you? Um, from my perspective, to be honest with you, Chris, um, I don't really take much on Facebook personally. The ones I take personally are the ones that are comments about family and friends and people who are heartfelt, people I've known forever. And, you know, when it's somebody trolling me, as, as Dave says, I, I've gotten trolled a few times. Um, I had to unfriend um, my nephew at one point because <laughs> the stuff he was uh, out there saying was, it was like, dude, like we're family. And first of all, I'm going to try never to lose a friend over politics because quite frankly, I'm not running it for anything. Uh, I probably couldn't because I grew up in Malatosa and you guys know my background. So I'm just trying to live a pretty decent life. And so I try to just not take it personally. And if you say something that's purely over the line, then uh, I've slept a couple people, you know, or put them on freeze for 30 days. And I've literally made a phone call saying, Hey, we're, we're not going to change the world. And, and sometimes those personal, like you call somebody, even though you've known someone their whole life, they will put something out there and you're like, what? But um, in, in all reality, I don't take it personally. I actually lost my uh, brother-in-law's niece. She unfriended me because she's African-American and she posted something about tearing the Abraham Lincoln statue down at UW-Madison, which is where I went to college. And I was kind of like, whoa, you know, that was a president who did a lot for the African-American community. But there's sort of a new angle on that, that the younger generation looks at Lincoln maybe not as favorably as, as we did growing up. So um, Yeah. And, and it's funny, Dave, because somebody sent me a, a pointed thing and they, they posted. So that's an interesting thing. The Lincoln thing came up and they said, well, you must totally agree with this because you said Black Lives Matter. And I literally was like, no, of course not. He's 
a national icon. He's the father of the GOP. We really, as a society, have to try to not look at people from the past through the lens of today. Because the lens of today is where we are in the world in 2020 um, and what people believed in, whether or not it was right. Some folks, obviously, you know, if they were uh, fighting for the Confederacy and arguing for the dissolution of the country, I'm not sure I want to see those names on U.S. Army bases, but I'm going to allow the government army to decide on that. Um, you know, any, anytime there's looting, anytime there's violence, anytime there's destruction of property or violence against people, I'm just categorically against it, regardless of where it comes from, whether it's conservative or liberal, go out there and peacefully protest. Don't go out there and destroy things. And then we might have a better conversation. You guys talk about getting trolled. Would you ever characterize what you post as trolling? I'll admit that people probably think that I troll and I'm not going to lie that um, I will respond. Uh, but I try to keep it respectful. And I think trolling is sometimes disrespectful. And when I have done it, I'll be the first one to admit I've deleted my own posts when I read it over and said, wait a minute, that's pretty ridiculous, Dan. You, and in the moment, you don't recognize it. And then you read it about 10 minutes later, like, oh, God, if I saw that on my post and I disagreed with it, I'd look like, don't be a troll, Dan. So I've, I've deleted things. And I've actually literally apologized in messages, you know, private IMs to people. So I'm willing to admit I'm wrong and I'm willing to say I'm sorry and, and then try not to troll uh, and then yeah, try to you, work on that. You, Dave, have you uh, posted things that you regretted? Yeah, there's been some comments where I've definitely deleted them, went back and went, Dad, what were you thinking? You know, that's not something you want to put out there. And I can think of an instance this past year where one of my, he was an ex-football teammate of mine and he's very anti-coronavirus, uh, you know, just doesn't, thinks it's all a hoax and he got into it with one of my band alumni from UW-Madison, girlfriends, this girl I knew, and she's like, Dave, I'm going to have to unfriend you because this guy's harassing me. And I felt really bad about it. I, you know, I messaged her. I said, hey, you know, I apologize. He's just kind of a, he can be a little off the cuff, you know, a little hot. <laughs> and uh, we, we saved our Facebook friendship, but it was just one of those kind of uncomfortable, like it really came to that, you know, I mean, so that, that's unfortunate. I've noticed that uh, it seems like things are a lot more heated, like in the last few years, regardless of Trump or not. I don't know if it's got something to do with him or not. But my theory is that if we were talking face to face like this is like you guys are like you guys are almost like you're, there's too much respect here. Like we need some kind of show, guys. We need some kind of heated something. But so that's what my Facebook feed turns into sometimes, you know, and, and I, I just wonder if it's a pseudo anonymity. Like you said, Dan, these people, a lot of these people, they know who you are. They know you. And they're still coming at you, but there's kind of that still that like, but I don't have to take direct responsibility for what I'm saying to you because I can just put it there and like, just kind of walk away and like, Hey, yeah, I said it. That's right. What are you going to turn? You know what I'm saying? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I'm in the staffing business and I can tell you that, you know, 30 years of doing this, it's the same thing. People today, it's an easy way to, you know, keep your distance and communicate strictly through email or texting or whatever it is. It sort of takes the emotion out of the, the conversation. And, you know, sometimes you can really try to help somebody. Okay, they decline a job, they're embarrassed about it. But instead of just being upfront, and, you know, I don't mind if somebody calls me and says, hey, Dave, you know, I apologize, but I got to take this other offer. Just be honest with me. That's all I care. I, you know, don't leave me hanging, you know, and that seems to be a common thing today where people just, they don't even have the courtesy to follow up. 
And that's, uh, you know, that's kind of troubling. Yeah. And just to build on that. So I think um, from a Facebook perspective, and I think almost every social media, the fallacy of an anonymity is everybody's bomb. They can go on and type in and put their words down. And, and I think they feel that you can say things that you would never say to a person's face. Because if you did, and you were across uh, like a bar and that person <laughs> drinking them, you know, you might lose your teeth. So, you know, I'm not saying that the, the things would lead to fights. Okay, I'm saying things might lead to fights, but I try to look at it. Would I have this conversation with this person if we were standing together face to face and then try to listen to that person? I think part of the issue with the Facebook and all social media is we're not actually listening to the person. We're just reading some words. Then we're thinking about what that might have meant. Then we decide what it meant to us. And then we respond based on the way we feel when you're listening to, like, I'm having a conversation with you, Dave, we're not having an argument and we could have an argument. We probably could have a lot of arguments, but when you sit down and talk to people face to face, it's much more, I think, conducive to actually having a conversation. And I truly think that if we as a society don't get back, you know, they say that we're more polarized because more people who are conservative live only with and in areas that other people are conservative. I moved to a pretty conservative area five, four or five years ago. And I'll tell you, probably two thirds of my friends in our area, you know, supported Trump and we never had arguments with them. And, you know, we'd have discussions and they would say things and I would say some, I would, they would say something about something uh, regarding what he did. And I would say, well, my perspective is this, and we just have a discussion. I'm not sure I ever changed their minds. One time somebody said to me, I never thought about it that way. And I thought, well, that's good. I don't think it changed their mind, but that was at least a start changing the way someone says, I never thought about it that way. It just means maybe there's a possibility we can all sit down and have a discussion that leads to something better. And that was my next question. Uh, I'll ask Dave at first. Do you feel that you've ever changed anybody's mind or has your mind been changed by a back and forth uh, on Facebook? You know, I take other people's commentary definitely into consideration. And, and in some cases, it's probably swayed me a little. Um, I don't know that I've changed anybody's mind. Uh, probably not. Part of it, again, is some of the things I said. I do. I connected to some young people on Facebook. I coached for a while. And it's just like, you know, keep your eyes wide open and, you know, don't necessarily believe everything the media has to say. The way kids are just drowned today and just information, it's just unbelievable. I mean, to see with my kids with their phones and I'm guilty of it. Uh, I think we all are. We're just in this society now, but it's so different from the way we were raised. And um, I feel for young kids today. Is it therapeutic in a way to get your thoughts out on a topic? Uh, from my perspective, absolutely. Um, I kind of have mentioned to uh, my wife when she says, hey, I, I see a lot of posts and I tell her, yeah, I'm reading an article and I put something out there. But from my personal perspective, I it's a little bit cathartic um, just to comment on something. I do like seeing uh, the pictures of dogs and puppies and everything else. And I also like a good conversation about politics. So it definitely is cathartic. I don't think I've changed many people's minds, but I will say I've had a few like main feed where someone IMs you and they will say, Hey, thanks for that post about something. I didn't know that, which 
to me, if, if somebody reads an article or gets something, if it comes from Scientific American or something they might not have seen normally and they get any kind of information out of it, I'm happy that maybe they learn something. I try to learn something every day, but no, I think it it's definitely cathartic to me. I, I feel like it's um, amused in some sense. I want to kind of go back to the, uh, a little bit about the anonymity and the, and the angst there and, the, and how heated things get. So I have two friends specifically who just go back and forth at each other. Like, and, and it does every once in a while turn to name calling and, you know, they're using libtard or T-rump and all these stupid, I think that's idiotic. When you start calling somebody a libtard or, or, or this T-rump, any name calling, it's like, it just shoots your credibility completely. Like, okay, so that's, that's where you want to take this. You just want to call names. Anyway, so these guys go back and forth at it quite a bit. Point is, these guys really seem like they hate each other. I actually think they're friends. I mean, they graduated from high school together, and, and it actually makes me uncomfortable. I, I don't like, I'm not a fan of conflict in the first place, but it makes me, it gets to the point where like, are you guys okay? Are you guys cool? I mean. That's yeah. how friends can get sometimes. They can be the most brutal critics. I mean, I just, uh, golfing with a couple of buddies this last summer, watching them go at it, I was like, oh my God, I just couldn't believe what was going on. Right, right. So do you, I mean, do you guys feel the same, like, can you get super passionate, like, like to the point of angry, calling F this and F that, and then be like, yeah, it's cool. I try not to go down that road. From my perspective, as soon as someone uh, calls you a libtard or I, I might make a comment about Trump himself, but I'm never going to assume, even if you disagree with me, and I, and I usually keep it lighthearted. Um, and when I don't and I've seen it, I'm going to oh, gonna take that down. So once you call me a name like that, it's pretty much you know that I'm like, okay, there's, it's really hard to have any kind of civil discourse and when you're in person with somebody and you're kind of ribbing them, it happens, you know, like, Hey man, come on. And you, but I almost never do that in person either. I've kind of tried to instill in my daughter and, and just my parents were always like, I mean, when the F-bomb came up at dinner, it was generally my brother had come home from college and for some reason he'd learned that word could be used as a noun, a verb, and a, uh, and a um, <laughs> writing name. So at the end of the day, I try to stay away from that. I will say I've been kind of threatened in a way, which I had to read it over like three times. I'm like, we know where you live. And I'm like, yeah, of course you do. I post pictures of sunsets. I mean, if you watch my post, like almost every night around 6.30, 5.30, 4.30, whatever day, I'll post a picture of a nice sunset because to me, that's like, hey, it's a nice day. Here it is. I was like, is that supposed to mean something? He's like, no, I just know where you live. I'm like, okay. Um, and then I, I am people because if I think that, that that's gone too on too far, I want to have a private conversation. I'm not going to mention names because they're not on this podcast, but she's from our high school and she will go after people voraciously. And I just duck out of that one because I'm like, I don't want to go there, but she'll get back and forth. And it happened on my, I, there were, I came back, there were 32 to 40 posts between these two people and I just went and said, you know what? The article was interesting. This is, I told them both, it's ridiculous. And then I just deleted the whole thing. Well, Dan, I want to congratulate you for bringing people together <laughs> through your Facebook post. Now with that, Dan and Dave, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And uh, we've been talking about the debate. And what I want to do in the next half hour is actually have a little debate sure. about the topic that got me involved with Facebook debates, which is the coronavirus and how we're handling it. So yep. let's take a minute break and we'll come right back. All right. All right. Join us next time on the Bait Switch Podcast for the conclusion of our interview with frequent Facebook posters Dan Lunig 
and David Balistrieri. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.